So Rafiq wants to um, print 3D prints balls for small children. Right. For, for, for small, small children. children. Right. <laughs> That's um, our we haven't really come up with the uh, uh, practical use for this <laughs> right. yet, but we are definitely confident that handing out 3D prints of his balls is the way to go. To well, the smallest of children. The smallest. Is, it's a, in the prenatal ward, they will be playing with my balls. Right. Well, I mean, don't act like you haven't said that before. I mean, this is so, how about this? We started on child molestation today. I know. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. I'm Alan Dempsey. And I am Rafiq Shaheen. And with us is our lovely, talented friend. Shane Kelly, that's yeah. me. Yeah, Hi. Yeah, that, I thought that, you were going to save my name. No, we like no, to uh, confuse people by okay. not telling them in advance anything yeah, we're doing. Anything. Okay. I, I always prefer to let the guests say their name because I, I hate when you're listening to a podcast and somebody introduces somebody and there's like four or five people at the table. And that, because and I always get confused because midway through the conversation, if I don't know who they are already, I'm like, wait, who is this guy? Like, he sounds like the other guy. Yes. Like, is this Bob or was this Dave? Like, who? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So er having everyone introduce, go like, my name is Rafiq. Then it's like, oh, that's Rafiq's voice. What if every time I talk, I just say Shannon here and then (laughs) my hot take on whatever. And then when you're done with your sentence, say over and out. Yeah, okay, over and out. (laughs) Just make walkie-talkie noises. So, Rafiq, you wanted to talk about some of the nuts and bolts stuff of... Yeah, so this is something I always find fascinating. And I thought having you on for this conversation would be really good because you did comics at the comic shop. Yes. You do a lot of shows, like, at IBM Rooster and, like, other bars in St. Petersburg and stuff like that. And one of the things is... Well, let's talk about you too. You've and I've done stuff together. at the improv and you know, like ah, no big deal, just uh-huh. the improv. It's and also, let's be clear: we're not just yeah. talking about performing. We're talking about putting putting shows Booking, together. Right. Right. We book the comics and we right. Know. But like, no one ever really like I've never really heard a podcast talk about like the, the actual nuts and bolts of like how do you find a room? How do you market a thing? Like, mm-hmm. because one of the things that drives me nuts is like. Somebody goes, like, I'm putting a show together. And you're like, great. And then you see a terrible comedy flyer with, like, 97 different fonts and, like, none of the information printed on there. And then they're like, why didn't anyone show up? I put this up yesterday. (laughs) I'm, I'm like absorbing all this like i feel like like you guys brought me in on this podcast like like when people have these traumatic things like hey remember that time you fell out of an airplane like let's (laughs) talk about it and you're like i'm still like having ptsd about the airplane that is how i feel about all of the shows that i've been doing lately and i'm like rafiq you would you would want to talk about that let's just reopen the wounds just get in there and talk about how well, awful everything is. well i mean it's i I just want you to chime in because like you did i did right before i Basically hung up my hat. I did three shows out of a comic shop mm-hmm. right. called Comics at the Comic Shop. Put together, didn't mm-hmm. perform, did. I can't, every time we say did, I feel like mm-hmm. we're not being clear. But um, so that was a whole unique experience in and of itself because I'm not playing at places that are like venues. You know, it's a comic shop. Whole different ballgame. So I had to like talk. I mean, I was good friends with the owner. That's where I got the idea. I was like, well, I fucking know that guy. Mm-hmm. He would be, you know. So we, I mean, we had to discuss, well, what are we going to do? We're going to have to move these racks out of this section. You know, they actually 
built for me for that show built a little two inch stage you know um we had to figure out well who's got the mic who's got the pa system who's you know where are the people gonna sit where do the comics are away you know they're they just happen to have like a little room in the back near the bathrooms okay well the comics can hang out back there you know and you just kind of had to and then it was frustrating too because like for them because they're doing their daily job you know and i'm still calling them going hey do you have those images for the flyer do you have you know and then calling them for revisions hey you misspelled this thing on the flyer and uh, you know you should probably put the date in a bigger font you know whatever and so they were just starting to hate me <laughs> justifiably you so know I, I find that weird because like i i didn't know that you had them make it up because I I thought you were doing that while you were working at your job, which shall not be named. That was no. I think I was done being a teacher at the time. Is that what you're talking about? No. I no. Thought, this was before I got my current job. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because he works at an an entertainment, entertainment company, company. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does a lot of marketing and a lot of well, okay, so and stuff like that now. One of the shows, I, maybe the last one I did, was when I was working there, and I actually hired one of the production artists to make a flyer. Okay. And it was looked great because he was a production artist, but and I gave him I don't know sixty bucks or something. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I was either making it on Word because I don't know how to use like Photoshop, mm-hmm. or you know the guy who did the marketing for the comic shop who made their flyers was making them, but there was all these revisions going back right. and forth, and right. I was pissing everybody off, you know. So that's the thing that goes into it is people don't realize like that they show up and oh, there's a show and you know my favorite parts when they show up and bitch about how things are going at the show and it's like unless you've put one on you know you don't realize like yeah if you're doing it a DIY venue like that there isn't a stage there isn't you know a right. sound guy and lights and a and it's a like you are all those things yeah, yourself you, you really are and and that was what we ran into last night and so um. That and then, yeah, the flyer design that's like one thing I like harp on all the time because I work for a digital marketing agency and I'm looking at graphic design all day. And like, my theory is if it's it looks bad, like, no one's gonna want to come. Like, I'm not taking it seriously if you don't take this seriously. Like, and so, um, while we're on the subject, Canva is a great tool that I like scream at the top of my lungs on mountains for. Uh, It's C A N VA.com and it's like Photoshop for dummies. You just drag and drop, there's all these templates, it's just already kind of pretty for you so this podcast sponsored by i know i uh i, I post about you you've probably seen me writing yeah. right online all the time it's just like just stop with the like what are we doing this in ms paint like so i so i kind of hit the medium point between the two of you because the i whenever i do a show i because the big companies like the, the comedy clubs don't want to they don't want to spend money on your show. Like mm-hmm. That's that's kind of just the the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they ain't gonna do it. That's weird. To me. Uh, but they don't. I guess they don't want people to come that night. They, no, they want you to bring people that okay. night, but they don't want to pay you to bring people that night. All right. Uh, that's but, so weird to me. Yeah, I, I mean, so just numbers wise, you know, when I did my last big show at a comedy venue uh the they paid me uh 350 for the entire show okay and it's like this is how much for a headliner a mm-hmm. feature 
marketing materials, my pay. Oh, they didn't pay Rafiq $350. No, The no. budget for the show was, was $350. $350. Holy cow. Right. And they <laughs> were still expecting... It was a smaller venue, but they were expecting about 180 Okay. to show up. And it's like, even if I spend the entire 350 on marketing, right... The chances of me bringing in 180 people are still very much in flux. Right, you can't. Right, you know. Everything like that. Uh, but at the same point in time, it's like if you want a quality headliner, going, hey man, you want to do this show for a hundred bucks is like a little insulting. I can say, with our, I'm, I would imagine you had a similar experience. Shannon, that I got really lucky because I was well-known and, at the time, well-liked. So right. a lot of comics were willing to do this for me, even when, when I was basically offering them chicken scratch, you know, just... Absolutely. Is the yeah. Game. I mean, even last night, I tried to pay... I had a very similar situation where it's like, here's this budget, and yeah, you have to do everything within this budget, and it's... It's different depending on how they set it up. Do you get a, a slice of their ticket sales? Last night we did a dinner and a show, so you know the restaurant had to take their portion for the dinner side of things. If I'm running the door myself, I, I do like that style better because right. you have more freedom. And you know I tell the comics, hey, bring as many people as you can because it's a door split, so I can pay you, pay you way more. But exactly, it's like I've had headliners who yeah make a lot more, but yeah. they show up on a random Tuesday right. night for me. Again, that's a different story. They're coming on a Tuesday. I'm not asking for their Friday or Saturday night. You know, right. like I got JB Ball when he was on the rise, mm -hmm. did me a fucking solid and did and headlined for me for like yeah. sixty bucks. And, I don't want to put people's <laughs> prices out there, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, this was like three years, years ago. ago. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not giving anybody's yeah. laundry out, but. At the time, he very directly told me, like, you know, he wasn't a dick about it, but it was honest. It was like, hey, I'm favor. pretty in demand, and yeah, if right. one of the other clubs is asking for me that weekend, I'm going to do it. And right. I'm like, well, yeah, I can't argue with that. You know? So, like, the, the venue I did, like, the last real show show I did was, like, down, like, in Miami. And, again, not naming names or anything like that, but, like... It's like a sm it's like a smaller club. It's not part of a chain or whatever. It's just kind of like a entertainment venue. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's kind of like it's like when you build like a celestial box. And you're just like, hey, whatever. We're gonna worship something in this building. Whatever shows up, <laughs> okay. shows up, right? And this could Makes be like sense. a mosque. This could be like a, <laughs> a Jewish temple. It could be for Christians. Who knows? All I know is we got paid to build the thing, right? So you told dick jokes in that celestial building. Yeah, okay, essentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, I went there, had a conversation with the owner because I found him off of like uh, the gigger. And, you know, it was like, hey, I can do this. And, you know, there was a conversation about pay. But it's like, I had to ask very nicely for somebody who quit comedy, which I go, oh, maybe I'm the cause. <laughs> Not directly, but it is one of those like, oh, the, I, I hate the the take in the back of my head is like, this was the final show they did where they're like, man, I ain't getting paid shit. For oh, this. wow. Uh, but they very kindly, like you, did it for, you know, very cheap. Mm. It was like, they, they, like you are a person who deserves, like, even on an off night, like, 250 Right. And you're doing this for, like, 100 mm -hmm. you know. 
But again, like it, it always boggles my mind because you like nobody ever talks about this. Well, here's another like, thing. I guess we should talk. I mean, I guess you guys already did with budget and everything. But since I was doing it out of a comic shop, literally, we just kind of looked at each other and said, "Well, how do we just distribute this money?" And we were like, "All right, well, let's say it's ten bucks a ticket, and we split it fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, the comic shop basically only wins in that situation. The only thing they're paying for is keeping the lights on for another mm-hmm. few hours, right? But for me, I mean, I did basically everything out of pocket completely right. you know i i went into a hole i almost broke even on the second one and definitely did not break even <laughs> on the, the first and the third one i did you know and that's what's um interesting about the different venues it's like again if they're coming to a bar and restaurant obviously you're hoping that the bar and restaurant's going to make money on drink and food sales that you're usually not touching right. unless you get some sort of percentage deal worked in um and i've run into huge issues with that um with with one venue it's like the percentage i used to just get a flat 10 percent of the bar no matter what i just recently got told i need to make like a, a certain number and then i get my percentage which i can kind of understand but the flip-flop and the way things used to be and the way they are now and all of a sudden it's this huge jump there was no gradual anything and like honestly the the bar's just been shitty at service and sales they run out of product all the time I'm a performer. I'm here to, well, you know, and I'm right, also booking right. and promoting. So I fill your room. I'm entertaining the people in the room. I need you to do your part by selling the shit so that we can, <laughs> right. you know, all make money here. And so that's, that's kind of what's frustrating is when you're doing this and it's so DIY, this was last night, you know, it's like, I, I'm the comic, I'm setting up the PA, I'm doing the lights. I'm now writing your menu to show you what specials right. we should be doing. So that it's like, that's just beyond my scope for what we're getting paid at this point, you know? Right. And so... I think, you know, when you choose to book and do shows, you've got to ask yourself, is it worth it or do I just want to show up and tell jokes, you know? Right. Well, it, like you see this at the casino all the time where you have these moments where it's like, hey, man, I know theoretically how much money we make. Uh, you guys are keeping things running, which is great, but how do you have no clue how to put an entertainment venue together? Like... All you got to do is hire a dude to perform and then just do everything else you do normally. Mm-hmm. But they, every time they put someone up there, because they've only had like a couple shows so far, there's always this huge thing of like, uh, uh, I don't know, but how much, do, how much is reasonable? Is $5 reasonable? <laughs> and that's, I get it. The return on investment, it's like, it doesn't make sense to, to go spend all this money on entertainment that you're not going to make back. Right. But... It's also enter- entertainment and doing events is promo for your club. So when it shows that cool people and cool things are happening, right. that makes people want to go there on other nights of the week when maybe that big performer's not there, but you set this tone that it's right. a cool space, right. right? And I feel like a lot of venues just miss miss the mark on that. They don't market themselves. They do the entertainment, but like you said, don't want to like help push or do anything. You're doing it all single handedly, and it's like okay, we're missing we're missing the boat on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like, I mean, everyone wants everything for free. Oh, absolutely. It's like, absolutely. hey man, can you? Bring Bring in 500 people a night, uh, and I will pay you no money, just, and you will just no, do... No, it's fun for you. You right? have nothing yeah, else fun. to like, do. That's... I literally have this conversation with the management where he's like, um, you, you just run your little shows, you do your thing, you know, it's kind of the Shannon show down there. I'm like, excuse me? And I was trying to, like, let, let it happen and let him, you know, mansplain to me, and I let him speak, and I said, I'd like to flip that narrative. Like... Um, I do all your graphic design. You're not paying someone else to do this. I'm doing all the promotions. I'm using my personal comedy pages to bring people to your restaurant. I'm doing all of these things. I, I hired the door person. 
I pay them, you know, yada, yada. I pay all the performers out of pocket. And I say out of pocket, you know, obviously what I make from them, then I did redistribute. And I'm like, you guys can't even get bartender to show up. Right. Like, it's not the Shannon show downstairs. What? Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, did I mention PTSD at the beginning? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what we're about. Right. Yeah, just podcast. triggering. Oh, we okay. just want to bother and annoy everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, it's, it is. It's, it sucks. It's like, you know, this is a business for us, too. If we've chosen to, to produce shows or do things, it's like, yeah, because we would like some well, money at the end. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, that's the thing about comics as a whole is, like, we all love the performance mm-hmm. thing, but so many of us are so bad at the business thing. Yes. I can't tell you the number of shows I've agreed to be on. And then realized not until I got to the show. I was like, I didn't ask anyone if I was getting paid. Mm-hmm. Like, I well, probably should have asked that. I mean, like, it might be changing the topic, but this is like, this is why people have to hire managers. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, if you're a, you know, just becoming a feature Tampa comic, yeah, you don't there, need there's no good. Yeah. It doesn't do you any good to hire a manager. So you have to use your shitty, no skills as a comedian skills you know to try to move yourself forward in any way i think you know what helps in the business side is that we that we see the business side so when we are performing either there's more sympathy on our end where we're like yo i've been in your shoes i get it if the door doesn't make much or whatever it's like i'm a little more understanding because i know how those things go but also now i know you know to ask what are the details you know is that you know where what time where are we at blah blah blah, what's expected of me how much time and yeah is there pay you know at least i know what what to expect going into it because right it sucks you show up to a venue there's a two item minimum you're getting charged as a cop you know it's like and like it costs you money to go to the show you're like, i always oh, okay. love that is i always love when you perform someplace and they're like oh man we love having you here by the way that burger is gonna be like 12 dollars <laughs> oh, for sure like, i like it when they force you you have to bring x amount of people like the, they give you all these weird restrictions for the open mic oh, yeah. night you know you have to bring four people with you i need you to bring and i th- and i think i might be making this up it's been a while but like you also each of those people has to order at least one drink or something <laughs> like that like what the fuck am I doing? Here? I need you to bring four people who are six foot tall, mm-hmm. names Fen, blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. You get in, to do three minutes clean. I'm in New York City, and we'll as just on vacation. And one one of the nights we're gonna go to it's called New York Comedy Club, and I'm gonna do open mic mm-hmm. there. So we call in advance, and uh, you know it was I had to bring four people. It was all the shit that you normally. You know, all right, fine. Well, I've got my three people here with me. You're bringing homeless people in off the streets. <laughs> right. You're like, I need people. Well, it's like I've got my vacation crew <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. We, you know, this is the four. Right. We're good. We get there, and we are coming in on the tail end of a bunch of comedians doing a workshop. They're performing for one another. They're giving each other critique. And it's like, over time, you know, open mic should have started 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows what's going on. The woman who was like running the workshop just was already standing in front of the mic and goes, Okay, I guess we're going to start the open mic show now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we sat and watched every one of those comedians Go do, do exactly time. the same material. <laughs> Nobody came in. A bunch of other comedians, like, because New York comics just hit all the clubs mm-hmm. in one night. So a bunch of other comics who didn't bring four people were showing up and I kept getting bumped (laughs) and I'm the one who brought four Mm -hmm. people 
But you're in New York. (laughs) I think when I, by the time I got up there, it was still just me and my friends and a few of the comics left over. And the first thing I said was, you know, when I woke up this morning, I thought, wow, I'm going to perform in a real New York comedy (laughs) club. That's exactly (laughs) what it sounds like. But don't worry, we'll pay you an exposure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I would, it, that kind of shit. I, it's weird because there's there's so much of the business aspect of what we do that like everyone goes, you can't you can't talk about it. That like not in an open forum because what if somebody hears you and it gets back to this club mm. or this person or what? And it's just like. You know we all talk about it privately anyway. Like, we're going to have this conversation, and then when I go to an open mic later this week, someone's going to be like, what'd you do this week? And I'm going to repeat the exact same comment. I think it's healthy to talk about it because it sets a standard for what we should be expecting. Like, I... I try to pay almost every single person. I mean, I, I do. I pay everybody that comes through the shows, like, I, at um, my venue right now. I'm trying to say it. Um, and so... And it might not be much. It's like if the door sucks, you know, but I've, I've definitely eaten, like, shit on some nights and just paid out of pocket because I just want to give something right. for gas money, something. I've worked a deal with the, the bar where at least they get half off drinks. You know, I try to get something where there's some sort of incentive. And then, um, I don't know, it's like I feel like if we set a standard where it's like, okay, yeah, the comics are expecting to get paid on shows, then that's that's a right. thing that happens. Now, if you're getting a guest spot at a club club like you're doing, it's like, that's different. That's it's a chance right. to truly, like, you know, be on a club stage. But, like, for five minutes, you know, they're going to be at the open mic at the, that club anyway. You know, it's like, so... Well, it, it's a little bit, like you're saying, it's a little different when you're performing at an actual club because... Unlike almost every other time you perform comedy, there this is a group of people who are like, yeah, I want to listen to comedy. Yeah, they're ready. They're ready for comedy. Exactly. They're not at a bar show like dealing with drunk hecklers yeah. and shit. You're so. not popping up behind some dude in the bathroom, be like, oh, right, here's my tight five. Exactly. <laughs> hey, check me out. Exactly. How's everybody doing tonight? Standing on a chair so people in here and see you. Yeah. With the left. What's the deal with big dicks and peeing? Am I right? That happens a lot in my bathroom, too. It's wild in there. Sweet. But I I hit up a comic um, recently who had the same headliner that I did, and I was just like, hey, would you pay? You know, because I just want to make sure that, like, you know, his wasn't way too high or way too, you know, it's like I wanted to keep it comparable to to what I, you know, so that we are taking care of of the dude and, like, you know, obviously keep keep a good name for the Tampa scene and stuff. Right. I'm with you. I think those are, yeah we should definitely be talking about that kind of stuff. I mean, the number of times that I went to kind of big, I don't know if I should say big, but, you know, those shows at a bar where every single comic gets the same amount of time, Mm -hmm. so there's not, like, a feature and a headliner, you know, and I didn't get paid. But then other times I did shows like that, and without anyone telling me, somebody just came around a corner and put 50 bucks in my hand, like, oh, Right. I, I did this for $50. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to buy more drinks. Exactly. Like I just, you know, so I think it's definitely healthy to, you know, have the conversation of this is what we kind of expect to be paid. And, you know, and, and I think it's open-ended because you talked about the good old boy system where it's like sometimes buddies will do shows, you know, they're, they're going to do it regardless and they're happy that you're paying. You know, it's like it's because they understand the struggle and like you're running mm-hmm. around and or if no one's in the room, obviously no one's in the room. And so um, I think if unless they say, like you said, JB, in the past, like I usually make X, you know, it's like unless they give you a rate, you know, it's not like you're 
screwing them, but you right. obviously want to try to take care of them. But there was right. no expectation being set. If they didn't ask and if they didn't tell you what they need to be paid, it's kind of on you to just, you know, use your best judgment and make sure they feel compensated. But yeah, yeah it, it's well, it's that thing about art right like every artist goes the thing i do is invaluable oh, and then right. somebody goes i'll take it for 40 dollars," and you're like yes <laughs> you <Yeah>. will <laughs> or you've got the other you know dummy that's just like i'm so excited to do this i'll do it for free and right. like that's been a struggle with with the venue i'm at as well is like of course newcomers have, have come on and they they're, they will work for free and i'm sitting here you know scrapping with the club to try to make my money i say club but venue and um it's, it's frustrating because it's like then your stuff's getting devalued because somebody else right. is going to do it for free. So you're like, I can't win. Yeah, so. I, I, I get what you're talking about. It's, it's like I said earlier, for me, there's always that moment where somebody will go, hey, do you want to do a show? And my I go, yes, of course, I'd love to. And then it's not until I get there that night where I'm like, I should have been asking mm-hmm. you how much I was getting paid. Like, I drove an hour down here to Fort Myers. <laughs> I uh, I think it was Jim Jeffries. I might be fucking everything I'm about to say up. Oh, okay. please, do, but, uh, do tell us. So, but I'm a comedian, so I'll keep talking. Uh, <laughs> I believe he was. It was him, and he was talking about the like the British system versus the U.S. system, and championing the British system. He said, when when you do a comedy show in Britain, everyone gets the same amount of time, and everyone gets the same amount of money. Uh-huh. And he said, but when you go to the States, you know, your feature gets 150 bucks and then your headliner makes a fortune. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just his, I can't remember what his final argument was, but basically his point was like doing it the other way is it's better for the comics. It's better for, you know, letting people kind of work their shit out instead of being stuck doing, well, you get to do five mm-hmm. and you yeah. get to do 17 and, you know, or whatever. Like it, it, everybody you know what you're going for. You know what you're getting. Everyone has the same expectation. Right. You know, some socialist comedy. It's <laughs> <laughs> very all, socialist like, comedy. Yeah. I, I can see both sides. I think that there's, especially for those of us who've been in, in the scene for years and have been struggling just to get those dates and work our butts off and do those five minute guest spots until you start getting more and more time. It's like, that's just kind of part of it. Right. So it's like, you know, what, what do you work towards if, you know, you're all just given the same thing. It's like, I think you get better and better. That I think that there should be a healthy dose of kind of competition and like shit talking and just like I'm gonna bury you, so you better like do your best because I'm gonna fucking smash you when I go up on on my set. Like I think that keeps us all on our toes. And I, I remember there was a comic. He moved to New York, but there was a comic on the scene who uh, I would go up, I would do time. He would go up, he would do time, and then. And I say this because I absolutely, I still love the dude, but I would, but he would get off stage and we'd just be talking comedy in the back and he would just shit talk me <laughs> out of like nowhere. And then he'd always end it with like, but iron sharpens iron, right? Mm. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, you're just being a dick. Like, My feelings are hurt, sir. Right? Well, because it's that thing of like, you like. I would go up and like you eat a dick like it just happens mm-hmm. like you and he would just be like yeah you really fuck that up <laughs> like, I don't, you're just like you're like oh, I know I was there funny. like oh I think I would laugh my ass off if somebody said that that's the thing I've heard that from so many like and I, I have to, I guess I have to think about 
the sexes and stuff because like the women in the scene are super supportive of each other and we're like go get it go girl like kill it eh. but like I get shit talked to my face by guys all the time they will say like oh yeah you sucked a bag of dicks up there thank you so much thank you because I was also up there and heard myself and the lack of laughter so I'll just um okay see that's what I'm saying though because it's like hey man guess what I remember that vividly. <laughs> yeah, that happened. I was there. That happened literally five minutes ago. <laughs> like, I was never. I never participated. Like I get, I get the. What, what was it? Was it the cellar where they had that one table where Patrice and all those yeah. guys would sit? And if you came anywhere near that table, they would just destroy you. Yeah, I get that thing. I never participated in mm-hmm. that thing. I don't have. First of all, it, I don't know where that line is between I'm I'm jabbing you right. or I'm really hurting your fucking right. feelings. And also, like, when it's coming at me, even when it's funny, after a while it's not funny anymore, man. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're yeah. really starting to press me down there, now, And there's, there's a know? difference between who it is. It's one thing when it comes from, like, your circle and your crew of people. Right. And it's right. like, John Jacobs, you know, was my co-host at Iberian and, like, it was always like, hey, you go up there and like, uh, go kill yourself jokes and like, uh, daddy issues. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to talk about your dead mom. It was just like, be such assholes. Just, but that's the homie. Like, I love that dude. And, right, like, right. and when I have a good set, he's the first to tell me I had a good right. set too. You know, so it's like, we, we playfully be dicks to each other. Now, if just some idiot came up and said those same things to me, I would have punched him in the face. You know? yeah. so it's like, well, it's, it's just, like you're, which is the thing with him. I did. It was always that thing of like, I don't mind you saying right. this. Well, his is really thrown down. From with my experience, his jabs are always so silly that yeah. it's like if I you got offended, yeah. if I took this seriously, I'm yeah. a jackass because yeah. that right. nope, that's the stupidest thing anyone's ever said to me. You know, mm-hmm. that was with him. Yeah. At least. No, but I'm like so. The guy who moved to New York, it was one of those things of like again. There was part of me that was like, yeah, iron does sharpen iron, but like. <laughs> constructive criticism would be much yeah. more appreciated than, like, man, you just should go home and fucking kill yourself. You're like, that set was terrible. And it's like, thank you. I'm also aware of that. No, I, I agree with that. And I think that, like, I don't know. It's like, we need each other to do all do better. We can't, it's not a solo man show, right? So it's like, if, if I can help you with a tag or make sure that you're fucking good, it makes the whole scene look yeah. good. It's like the Tampa's right. the destination for comedy because it's a good place to, to tell jokes. And I don't know. I think, yeah, I think constructive criticism could be way more helpful. Yeah. I definitely. It, like your peers can talk shit about you. Yeah. But like, st- that's actually my favorite uh, Kevin Hart story is the table you're talking about uh-huh. of like Colin Quinn and all of them because of, so according to the, the legend right uh, Kevin Hart when he's like first starting to come around he's trying to sit at the table and they're just like no fuck <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> can't sit with us no. right yeah and so apparently like Kevin goes and like he does this for like a hot minute and then finally he just stops and this is around the time he starts getting into movies. Mm-hmm. Right, and so apparently, like one night, he just shows up at the table and throws down a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. He's like, "You can keep your fucking seat," and like, oh, oh, out, snap. like snap. I like that is applause worthy. Like, I don't know if that's true because I always heard that he was at that table. It was like him, Patrice, uh, Keith Robinson, animals, yes. boss. I mean, oh. just ab- Norton. I can't, I can't even imagine. Can you imagine be... the black swirling toxicity 
coming <laughs> off of that table. I was going to say, Kevin Hart's so likable, too. Like, I I, he doesn't seem threatening. Like, I, I couldn't right. see people being dicks to him. He'd be like, come on, little buddy. Like, come on, get over here. Like, you know. I don't know. Um, I, I always liked the... One of the things I always liked about Patrice was, like, even though he, he was royally toxic, mm. right, there was this very chagrin acknowledgement of it. Like, I remember, I think it was Opie and Anthony, he goes on and he's talking about, like, yeah, this is the reason why I don't get booked for movies. Oh, it's yeah, because yeah, people yeah. hate me. Like, because I, people don't know me, and then I introduce myself, and people are like, oh, you're that asshole. <laughs> Your reputation persists you, sir. Oh, man. So, we we kind of, like, tailspun there, but, like... Eh, it doesn't matter. I, I like, like it. I like it. But, we, I mean, if we're trying to put together a toolkit right like of of booking shows or maybe why it's the worst idea ever to book shows and why you should just try to get on them i started booking shows because i wanted to create a space for me to get on stage and you know it's like when you're new you know you're fighting for those five minute spots you're driving all over town like i had a day job i've always hustled i've always had like a million jobs and doing a million things and juggling stuff like you know starting a mic at this venue and then like doing showcases and stuff that was my opportunity to that's exactly what led me the, the feud that I did was me going I'm, I'm not getting invited to the table right you know and going all right I guess I, I guess I gotta go build my own table right you know so for me it, it's sort of on that path but for me the big difference was like I look at the Tampa Bay scene and I go there are some absolute sharks in the water here mm-hmm. and it is almost criminal that they are not getting you know what I mean? Like, mm. you're not getting the time. Yeah. You know, and so, like, the few times the improv was like, hey, do you want to put together a show? I was like, gladly. Because even if I'm, you know, like, it, yeah, I'd love to just do time myself, but it's like... But you know some savages that you want to right? get up there. Right, and I go, stage. like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not at a headliner spot yet, right. but guess what? If I can host or feature and bring an absolute monster out of the woods to show the people. <laughs> <Right. laughs> if I can put one of those little nets around Bigfoot's head. <laughs> right. right. Like Lure I, him on stage with bananas. Right. I hands down want to do that. I want people to, I want people to not only go like the Tampa scene is great, but I want people to like on a Tuesday night be co- coming around and be like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, did you see him talk about suicide for 20 minutes? Yeah. That changed my faith in God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Rafi put me on my first show at, at um, Improv, and it it did. It, like, helped, like, because, I, I don't know, It's I think people just saw me as, like, an open mic host or whatever, and it's, like, and it's hard. Until you get those opportunities, do you get those opportunities? You right, know, it's, right. like, when people start seeing you getting put on posters and, okay, you're sharing stuff, and, oh, she's show-worthy now. She's kind of busted out of just her five-little-minute thing on, on open mics, and... That's where I'm also kind of stagnant where, like, I am looking to do more more feature work, long, long right. longer sets, whatever. And I'm in this weird part where I'm, like, I started, you know, six and a half years ago or something. I started a little mic at a, a craft beer bar. And then I, I kind of went dark for a little bit. And then I came back. You know, I was always, like, kind of dabbled in stuff. But I wasn't hitting it hard, like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Welcome to the comic story. Yeah, yeah, right. So Every comic has that story where it's like, right. so how long did you pause? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, and we all, you know, whatever, go through our phases. But it, I think everyone's kind of got that dramatic story. Like, for mine, it was a breakup. Like, I, I got out of a four-year relationship, and I just poured myself into oh, comedy. Yeah. And comedy served for so many different things for me. It's like, yeah, it's been a business at one point. It's literally been the reason I didn't kill myself. You know, it's just been right. the thing that keeps you busy, keeps you going. And now I'm looking at it differently where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm looking 
for different things out of comedy. Like, I would like to get into more writing behind the scenes with, like, sketch and, like, right. pilot stuff. And I would like to, yeah, work on longer sets. And, like, I want to, God forbid, do a clean set. <laughs> I tried last night. It was not great. But, you know, to truly just, like, work, like, different muscles in the, in right, the comedy yeah. sphere, right? And so... Um, where was I going with this crazy rant? Something. Uh, but that's yeah. fine. This this whole <laughs> podcast has just like every episode has always been a crazy I rant. From I was I was wondering uh, in your clean set, did you ever say what's the deal with toothpaste? That that's good. It's very it's a very hot take. It's yeah. very original. Ben, our headliner from last night, Ben Brainerd from Orlando, he's like, I challenge you to do a clean set um with no like not dark stuff and like try to lay off religion by december 1st and i'm like you literally just took away all of my yeah. <laughs> like what am i gonna talk you about then? took my identity self-aware and and you almost feel like a sellout you feel like it's easy it's not your it, voice right like, yeah that's that's the thing that i got reminded of last night mm-hmm. is just like i don't have to swear because i did the set last night relatively clean right. i didn't use the word fuck i didn't I made some allusions to hooking up, but there wasn't any, like, ah. Fuck this bitch, yeah. Right, you know. But it's like, that's not how I talk to people. That's not how I talk in normal conversation. Right. Why, why am I, you know, is that the Lewis Black thing of, like, say fuck. Say fuck. Say right. fuck right Yeah, Fuck, fuck, fuck me, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like... And I understand there's a different time and a place. Like, today, I suited up, and I was, like, doing interviews on camera at a nail salon in Orlando. Like, that was, like, my paid gig of the day. And it's okay, because I feel like I'm playing a character at that point. I'm like, here I am, Miss Interview Girl, like, whatever. At work, I'm being a copywriter, and I'm speaking in my clients' voices. I'm speaking as this this venue or this doctor or whatever, because I'm, I'm writing their social media. So when I'm on stage as Shannon Kelly, like, I want to be Shannon Kelly, you know? Like, right. I want to talk about the things that I care about. Like, I'm... I'm curious about something you just said you said your paid gig of the day like do you try to do like a paid gig every day or no, is that, i wish like... that would be awesome but i'm like i'm always hustling and doing side gigs like i've i've got a, a freelance client um on top of like i've got the day job where I, yeah. I do marketing copy and then this um lady it's a family friend i've worked with her for years and she she does like on-air food demonstration um you know, like on the the home shopping networks and stuff and so i help her with like recipes i help do her website and like this is a very very clean upbeat you know cheesy like i sound like martha stewart when i'm talking like you know home for the holidays and the house smells of blah 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 that's not something i would typically say but when i'm writing as a client i can slip into that voice i can pretend i'm that person so i think when i do that all day long and like you know, or even the interview thing. Yes, I'm on camera introducing myself, but I understood my purpose is to interview people about their services in a nail spa. You know, like, I never once felt kind of close to what you're saying. I've heard people talk about how much they hate hosting. I've never felt once in any way nervous about hosting because my job as a host really isn't to be funny. Right. My I love job that you said as a that, host yeah. is to move the show, and I can do that. And I can do. I there's no lack of confidence in my ability you know i have literally hosted before said to the crowd well you guys don't think i'm funny but you'll love this next guy you know because it's fine it's fine i don't care if i bomb my frustration with hosting i've curated a room where i can kind of get away with darker weird stuff like they know what they're getting into when they come to a late night show at, at this venue but um at other venues for one host pay sucks like let's just be real you're doing a whole lot 
for no money. And so depending on the different clubs you go you to. You want to do this for free? Right. <laughs> so if you're, if you're hosting and, and the end, like, so what's the end goal? If the end goal is to be a feature or to, you know, get those longer sets, like for touring comics and stuff, and you kind of just slip into this host spot and, and you're not funny and they just see you as the guy that, you know, is selling drinks or explaining to keep your table talk to a minimum. Well, well now you're never going to view me as like that that feature comic right. that I want to be, right? But there's some people who kill it when they're hosting. Like, John Jacobs will open with, you know, 20 minutes and slay and then keeps the show rolling, too. You know, so I just, I think it depends on the club and, and where you're at and what you can do with it. Um, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not good at being the cheerleader bubbly, I, like. I, so I can do, so you were talking about the, like, the voice, being in the voice of your mm-hmm. client or whatever. Like, I have always been semi-similar, um, no matter what the job is, because I do this when I work security too. It's always like, this is the facade of a security guard. You've got to this be more is, stern. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a conversation. Like we have fun here with like a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> I am having a blast. Yeah, right. And it's like, now, sir, I need you to put your pants on. Like, no, I get that. Uh, <laughs> but vacate the premises. Thanks. Yeah, right. But like when it comes to hosting, I, it's that, thing of i have no problem clicking into like i'm the cheerleader mm-hmm. like yeah. hey ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show ah we're all gonna have fun i don't mm-hmm. want to kill myself we're not gonna talk about that i mean when i was a teacher i i had you know one year we gave out the you know the little sixth grade awards and you know each... I, I, I i get to hear it in your voice you were so happy to do that weren't you yeah. well you know and so each teacher gave out their awards and you know I was told later, like, you were really funny when you did that, you know, and I, I was just. And that's, that's maybe like my own personal growth and development where I need to blend both worlds. Like mm. I just spoke for the day job. I, I did this thing. Um, this, it was a conference on marketing and I did like a presentation on marketing and again, these like weird side gigs that have nothing to do with comedy pay way more than, than well, comedy ever does. But what's up? Well, no, I was going to say that those are all, like what you're talking about. Those are valuable skills. That's kind of actually what we were talking about earlier of Back like the book a game. lot. Of, well, it's like a lot of comics don't have right. any of those marketing skills. A lot of comics just come into it being like, well, I can write a joke. Right. So write me a check yeah. for... For money. Buddy. Right. <laughs> and they barely can talk to people off stage. You know, it's yeah, like right. you have to be personable and, and business savvy in that way. But yeah, I, I did this presentation and I worked in some, you know, I just voice fluctuation and kind of making little off jokes, but it was all clean because I'm at a business thing. You know, it's like, right. so I, I feel like that also is Shannon Kelly. So when I'm like, you know, saying earlier back to what I was like, when I'm on stage, I want to be myself. It's like, I, I need, I think, to exercise and blend where I can be more professional, more upbeat, do the hosting thing, whatever it may be. And stay true to like what I want to talk well, about. Alan actually, well, I, yeah, I have some belief on that. I think that you're, what were you going to say? Well, I was actually going to say, you just gave me some real, uh, some advice that's been really working for me lately. As far as being myself on stage was, uh, we were talking about this yeah. uh, the other time was just, uh, I've been approaching it lately as though this is the last time I'm ever going to get on stage. How sad, but helpful. Well, because it's kind of it, it's kind of freeing in a way. Because it's like if this was your last time, like no more open mics, no more shows, what nothing would you do? else. Yeah. Who would you be? What yeah. would your legacy be? Wow, I didn't even know you were. You told me a little bit about this. Right. I remember you saying all that. But and it's been very. It's kind of liberating because it's that, that whole that. thing of crazy liberating. 
Right, because you go up there and it's like... Like, at the show last night, I did the joke... I did my usual joke about um, nicknames for my dick, right? <laughs> like, I, obviously, you can't say dick because you want it clean. It was like... Eh, eh. I and think then, clean-ish, for the record. Yeah, for <laughs> my, <laughs> it was a dinner show. For my genitals. Yeah, right. like, let's just refrain from uh, jizz jokes. But, like, I... There was a moment where I felt the audience pulling away. Because the first two... Like, it's a dark joke. Like, the whole joke is just dark humor. Yeah. Because that's what I find funny. I find... Same. I find pantomiming suicide funny. Like, there's not... Like, I, I'm sorry. I get, that's who I am. But, like, uh... I felt the audience pulling away. And for some reason, in my brain, when... There was a portion of me that wanted to be like, Eh, you should retreat from this. But then there was another portion that oh, was just... Oh, you leaned in, didn't you? There was another portion that just came out that was just like, hey, that was dark. Better brace yourselves. <laughs> I do that almost every show. So I lo- What were you going to say? So you said you had- Well, in terms of being yourself, I, th- I think there's a number of ways to... to I'm, and that's kind of what you were already saying. It's, it, I think there's a number of ways to do that. Um, around the time I quit, and I'm really thinking about going back, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. um, around the time I quit, I start, my jokes started to become less... My jokes for years were just about my depression and therapy and breakups and, you mm-hmm. know, just miserable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my belief about death and, you know, just dark... I started getting more Brian Regan-ish at the end. I was doing... I literally did a joke about toothpaste, you mm-hmm. know. And for me, the joke about the... It was the... There was a Crest 3D... And the joke was, well, that's great for me because, like many of you, I suffer from fourth dimensional teeth. You know, and I talk about how my my teeth are blinking in and out of existence. Uh You know, and okay, so what part of that is me? What part of that is me is that I literally was in a grocery store and I saw toothpaste called Crest 3D, and I thought it was so stupid that it pissed me off. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wrote a joke Mm -hmm. about having fourth dimensional teeth. Right. You know, now. I'm certain that no one in the audience felt the anger at the bottom of that joke, but that's where that joke came from. It came from me being pissed at how stupid the marketing was on calling a toothpaste 3D. Yeah. You know, and um, that for me, like, I never approach things in terms of just, this will be funny to say. Mm -hmm. It's me going like, where am I right now? What am I looking at? What am I subservient? And what, you know, right. What are you doing? I'm just going to ask him to keep it down a little bit. Since I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. You don't think it's going to bleed in? It probably would, but you know, the last one I edited, there was a bunch of bleed in. No. The Jeff Ray episode. Okay. I mean. That's, that's good. Yeah, I mean, like, they just, uh, like I, that was just one of those, like, all right, well. It's, I, look, you live here. Uh, if you guys, the idea of you asking them to be quiet makes me want to hide under this table and suck my thumb. So, but you, Get off the lawn! But, this is why I'm trying to buy a house. No one of these kids yelling outside. Oh, I, I don't think I paused any of that. Oh, good. Yeah, well, good. Just keep on oh, going. Oh, because why would I expect the pause button to pause anything? Yeah, well, that as is opposed like... to. The stop button. Right. So That's now fantastic. anyone who's ever been curious, they can know what goes on behind the scenes of this half-assed podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's 46 minutes in. It is time for a recurring segment that we like to call, Hey Rafiq, what's making you miserable this week? 
so as he says with a smiling yeah, grin, I, I I do this because I know Alan's gonna say the same thing he does every, every time. It takes him no nothing. amount of time yeah, exactly. to access what's making him miserable, and it makes me very happy. So I was at work the other day, yeah. right, and they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> and they were doing an employee concert, right? And they're they're like, oh, for twenty bucks, which we'll give you back when you come to our concert, right? Doing this is Employee Appreciation Month, right? You can do this, and you can enter a raffle for like a free TV or an iPad, blah 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 blah. And I go, hey, you know what you could do? You could just fucking give me that money. Like you could just fucking pay me more money, and then you don't have to hold an employee concert. Right? Because I hate, and I've seen this done so many times. Something that was done with such good intentions. It's not, no, that's the thing. It's never done with actual good intentions. The, it is very clear the reason why they threw this concert is because they want to sound test the room. Oh. Right? And it's like, oh, well, you guys are going to have to come through security like normal. And it's like, oh, you mean the security we're practicing setting up right now? Uh-huh. Oh, you mean you mean we can go up to the pool bar for the employee pool party where you guys just opened up that restaurant so you can test right, to make sure all right, the food right. and everything works up there? You know I'm trying I mean? really – I don't know what you mean. I'm trying really hard to empathize, but all I'm hearing is you got made to go to a pool party <laughs> and a concert. <laughs> ah, life's hard. <laughs> I had to have fun. Shannon, you can come back anytime. Thank you. Thank you. As someone who tries to improve the work morale, like, my job's super hip. We did yoga on Friday. You know, it's like, yeah. Like, that's the thing. I go, you doing yoga makes sense because it's like, this is a physical activity. It's team building, yada, yada, yada. You know, but, like, this is very clearly a thing where it's like, we don't want to give you money. Like, we don't want to raise people. Because everyone there complains about how low we get paid. And it's like, they constantly do this. Where it's like, oh, hey, when are we getting raises? Uh, oh, we'll figure it out. But by the way, did you know you can enter a raffle for a free TV? And it's like, why don't you take that TV, sell it, and then give me that amount of money? And then I will be happy. But do you think that the money that that TV costs, and they probably got it on some promo thing, or maybe even got it donated to them by a liquor company or something, you know what I mean? Maybe they didn't even pay for the TV. Like, divided by however gajillion employees they have there, oh, here's your three cents for the, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, well, it's the same thing with, like, the employee cafeteria there, right? mm -hmm. They go, oh, you guys don't have to worry about groceries and things like that. You can just get free food at the employee cafeteria. It's free for everybody, and it's like... You could take the twelve ninety nine Golden Corral style buffet that you give me every day, and just give me twelve ninety nine, and I will go buy my own groceries instead. Like I don't need like, and nobody there enjoys the employee cafeteria. Of course <laughs> like, not, because it doesn't cost twelve ninety nine for them. It costs them probably two dollars to serve you with their service and i and i go and again i go hey i would and this might just be me but i go i would much rather have that two dollars so i can determine what i eat as opposed to you telling me hey we've got chicken we got something that approximates beef we've got (laughs) salmonella (laughs) right 
And then you can have you can have as much salmonella as you want. Just take it home with you. But we tell you what to have. And I, and I go, like, don't do that. It's the same thing of, like, you go to, like... You know, the more you talk, the more yeah, I got he keeps giving I examples. just he's like, don't know he's what like, the problem is. like, you know it's when they give you free gummy bears, and you're like, I don't fucking like gummy bears. I like Skittles. <laughs> that, But that's kind of the point, though. Like, if you... It, I go, instead of giving me this thing that I don't like, right, why don't you just give me the money that this costs? Even if it's 35 cents, guess what? I would appreciate an extra 35 cents a day. I would be insulted if someone handed me 35 cents. I'd be like, what, <laughs> what is this about? I don't know, man. I... You know, you wouldn't appreciate like having an extra like fifty bucks in your che- like bank well, account just, at the end of the month as opposed to. No, I feel like the to... situations you're bringing up aren't like that that much, and I understand I understand the party thing because it's like a that's where you're supposed to boost morale. You're supposed to go hang out with the maybe security guys that work night shift that you don't normally see during day shift or whatever that may be. You know what I mean? It's a chance to see. Here's the thing, right? So speaking along those lines, when somebody brought that up last year, the company's response was. Oh, you guys take care of that. Take care of what? The employees. Not what not Oh yeah, we'll do, we'll set us because people were complaining of like, "Hey man, we're getting very antagonistic across the department." Okay. Like people on day shift and night right, shift right. aren't getting along, you know. Their response was, "Oh, well you guys can go find a bar after work and take and it's like you asked us how to improve morale. We're telling you, yeah. Right, so, again, like, you throwing us, like, a free party, which is really designed to test your equipment, isn't making us happy. This is just a way for you to get something for free, as opposed to, like, actually paying a tech or somebody to sound test the room. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm just saying, like, at the end... At the end of the month, I would appreciate having a hundred dollars more in my bank account rather me, than um, somebody going like, "Oh, look at this." First, it was thirty-five cents, then it was fifty dollars, now it's a hundred. I feel like you are just unhappy at your job, sir. I mean, that's definitely I true will, too. Uh, yeah, for, for the for those for the Rafik impaired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he uh, every time we do this segment, it had something to do with the job. Every time. It's not every time. Uh, I, we, we talked about gay water before. Don't gay water? We did talk about gay water one time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones hates gay water. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we, uh, it's 90% of the time it is about... But also, Ravik has a kind of a Christ thing where his the motivation matters more to him than the outcome. Mm. And he doesn't like the cynicism of testing i look at it and go hey i don't really care what your dark motivation is free party for me mm-hmm. you know he goes no fuck that i know what you're really up to mm-hmm. you know um, that, he's very he's yeah, very okay, sermon on the mount it's you know it's not about what you do it's about how you feel but i feel like anything could be could be chopped up like that we did a thing at work that's it's called ship it day it was a 24-hour project where we stayed at work for 24 hours and like most people would be like ew like i'm working for extra blah 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 and they they kind of even it out with our other hours in the week and stuff it's not like we were expected 40 hours plus this but um we stayed some some of the projects we worked on were fun things like i did a comedy reel i had because i had the videographer guy help me we've got designers we've got copywriters we have all of our resources to like help each other with these passion projects i got a dog adopted we like took a dog out for a day and like did it all over social media and stuff and then the dog got adopted the next day so some of it was like fun stuff and then we did some stuff that was like work relevant and just um 
I don't know, we had fun, we were drinking, like hanging out, ordered pizza. So there were things that benefited the company in that, but we also got to do some fun stuff. And then, which I, I guess that's fine, but again, the whole Sermon on the Mount thing yeah. now that you brought it up, because I go, it's cool that the company's letting you use their resources to do like the passion projects, but kind of me goes like, they're still using this to trick you into working more. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like yes I, and no. And that's that's what I'm saying is if you don't like where you're working, we all love where we work. Our bosses are cool. They're sitting there drinking alongside of us. They're also up till three, four in the morning coding and doing stuff. It's a chance for us to put our, like, our our passions. That, that's why we're in this career, this this field, right, of marketing versus, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different. It's different if you enjoy where you're working. Like, it sounds like you don't even want to be at a free party at yours. Like, I'm willing to work. Yeah, you like, you want to get the fuck out as right. fast as possible. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll work Please don't make me go to a party. Please. <laughs> so, and it did. It built, built some kind of fun culture stuff. There was some also some tension within our teams and stuff. And it's like when you got to remove the clients, remove the day-to-day BS, and we just got to hang out and do yeah. some cool stuff together. I, I mean, that, you I, know. like, I guess that's fair, but, like, so our solution of like that antagonism between ships mm-hmm. is like they we did start going to a bar and like, arm wrestling like men. <laughs> nah, I mean we could have. Like, there, there are a lot of women there that would have beat us now. Yeah. So, uh, but like we started going to a bar and like we all had like a decent like time mm-hmm. hanging out with each other, you know, and like stuff like that. I go, that's valuable, right? You know, doing that for the team is a good thing. But again. When I go, I I understand that you have ulterior motives for this. For what I, you're doing, yeah. Right, I go like that. That doesn't make me feel good. That'd be like if your girlfriend or like you know what I find really goes. interesting about this week is that I know you pretty well, and I know for a fact that there have been several times that you have done things altruistic and said to me, "Oh, and by the way." Here's what else I'm getting out of doing like, this. Yeah, and guess what? Exactly, because I know how shitty that is. That is one of those things where it's like, look, man, like I know what it's like to be like, I've done this nice thing because I expect these results. You can't trick a trickster. Exactly. I know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's I had this conversation with someone the other day about doing nice things in general. You know, I forgot the word for it, but it's like, like philanthropy and stuff where it's like you end up feeling better about doing the nice thing than than whatever the nice thing and, was, and, you know? And that's the thing. I go 100%. If you were just doing an – if they had just been like, hey, guys, we've been – we made sure the pool bar was ready. Like, we already did our test run and everything like that. We just wanted to – as a thank you to all the employees – we wanted to say, hey, guys, come out to this pool party, right? We got you. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, fuck yeah. So it's all Let's marketing. They should have marketed that right? shit better. You, do, you, you want to do the employee concert? Hey, guys, we appreciate you so much. We've already done the sound test. Like, we're not doing getting extra work out of you. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this to trick you into doing something we need done. We're just doing this because we want to legitimately appreciate you. I go, yeah. And but- we had you and I had basically this same disagreement about like sponsorship and movies. Or at the end of the day, I go, I don't. It doesn't hurt my feelings if Wonder Woman's eating Pizza Hut pizza. Right. <laughs> right. Know, Wonder Woman was a good movie, so I don't really care if they had to side up with Pizza Hut to get it made. It got made. It was good. Right. I liked it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like. 
so the conversation we've had with that, we'll go back and forth on it for hours. But I, for me, I go, that is a, it's a good movie. But think of how much a better movie it would have been if Wonder Woman hadn't turned to the camera <laughs> and been like, mm, I love me some pizza. Hut. I sure can. We need to actually like break the fourth wall, like. <laughs> I sure can defeat Ares now yeah. that I've been fooled by Papa John's. Oh, speaking of Papa John's, did you see their response, their marketing response to Papa John is they hired Shaq, the biggest, <laughs> blackest dude, to be their new corporate spokesperson. Great. Like, uh, He's the corporate spokesperson of everything. Yeah. yeah the general, like, I, I insurance and... Yeah, more people probably know him today as the dude yeah. from commercials. And they know the jock itch like, guy. Um, catch me too, because again, when we're talking about the business side of things, it's like when I've had to work with sponsors and do things, it's like to, to make certain things happen, to make good happen in the world, like put on a show or produce a movie or whatever. It's like, yeah, you've got to work with people and, and like... The, but there's a way to work with people that's not so, like, heavy-handed. Like, and, like, losing artistic, like, integrity and stuff, you're the, saying? Like, like, yeah, there's one thing to have, like, okay, we were sponsored by Pizza Hut, we're gonna put them in the credits or mm -hmm. whatever, or, like, we were sponsored by Pizza Hut and here's, like, a Pizza Hut sign in the background of this shot, you know... We were sponsored by Lexus, so we used a Lexus car to drive up on the scene. Fine. But it's a so many movies and so many companies as a whole. It gets go, cheesy with the Right. Yeah. They go like, Oh man, we were saved thanks to Lexus brand, Lexus airbags. I I noticed I started watching Queer Eye, the remake on Netflix. It just makes me happy when people get makeovers right. and they have a good time, you know? And those all those boys, I just love their personalities so much, but they always do this montage when they're, like, getting ready to, like, fix the guy up. And, like, Bobby, the um, designer, he always walks in. He's like, doo, 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 and he's carrying a Wayfair box. And I'm like, after I noticed it, I'm like, eh, Wayfair's response. It's just right, it's yeah. so obvious. And they're always doing something on Samsung phones, and it's just the way they do. But And it's like, can it be any cheesier of a montage? You're literally doing nothing. You're just walking around with an empty box. Right, and, <laughs> it's, and and my argument has always been, you know what would be better? Mm -hmm. Is if he didn't go like, oh man, we were able to cobble together this outfit thanks to Wayfair. Yeah. Wink. If he had just been like, we were able to cobble this uh, outfit together using these pieces and listed all of them and you had a good time and mm -hmm. you weren't thinking about fucking Wayfair. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the episode, they're like, by the way, Wayfair sponsored all of this. Right. Thanks, guys! Right. And then we just fucking left it. Like There was an Oscar about 2012, 13, there was an Oscar-nominated movie where Guinness Beer saved the day. Right? Like that's... It was, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. It was like this old woman was trying to... Uh, find her lost child and it had something to do with like being raised in this abusive nunnery and like they had stolen the kid it was you know this horrible situation and so he's on the road where they're trying to help her and he's drinking it was either Guinness or Harp mm -hmm. and there's it's got that little harp yeah. on it and he looks at the logo and then he looks at the picture of the guy and he's got like a little harp on his neck and he goes, oh, it must be from Ireland. Like, somehow that connection. Oh, like, and it was like, oh, Guinness saved the day. <laughs> cool. Speaking of Guinness, I was wearing, you were at the shoot at Cafe Hay. Yeah. Day, yeah, and I was, like, wearing a Guinness hoodie, and we were having a reverse intervention where the, the premise was like, Shannon, we're really actually going to need you to keep drinking because you're way nicer when you do X, Y, Z, and, like, we're going in the circle, and I was wearing a Guinness hoodie. It's like, you're kind of a downer when you're sober. Yeah, like, like, we're going to need you to just... Are those kids dying or? Uh, I mean, it's it's like. How many kids do you have in your life right now? 
none? How many, Ooh, uh, actively, nieces, nephews, and... Uh, not, like, actively. I mean, I've got I've got a ton of kids I see, like, on the holidays, but... I don't know why, but the idea of, like, inactive children, yeah, <laughs> where, like, like, just children, like, in sleeper cells. Uh, 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 and then they, like... <laughs> I just ask because I've got three in my life now. That's playing. Your own, yeah. your own. Not children. mine. Oh, okay. So there's a couple that like come to work um, with their parents all the time. And it's like also kind of annoying because it's just, I'm at work, dude. You know, it's already, we've got yeah. like dog, we're dog friendly office, kid friendly office. And it's like, as a person who's almost 30 that doesn't have kids, you know, it's like, I just, I, uh, like I was in five below the other day about having an anxiety attack. And like, that's a very like young, like the music's already annoying. The, everything right. in there is annoying. Like I was just already overstimulated. It's like if Sephora like owned a dollar general. It was, oh yeah. It, that's actually a beautiful, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> comparison. I'm just looking at these little snot nosed brats just ramming like shopping carts into their moms. The moms look defeat. Like it was just one of those moments where I was either going to, throw up or cry and I never <laughs> wanted to have children ever and I was just waiting for some goofy teenager to get the basket off the top shelf that I needed again <laughs> do I really need the basket do I really need any of this stuff why am I here like <sighs> it's always a weird moment where you see somebody else having a shitty life and that makes you depressed by <laughs> yourself and you're like and they're not oh, my kids no. I can't beat them so like yeah. when they're ramming their cart into their mom I'm like I can't yell at you like your mom's <laughs> gotta do that so, so well, also I, they're, they're, here's the part you may not know that I have learned is that at that point in the day mom doesn't even know what's being right no she's yeah, she's, she's just she's shot. already what well, you said overstimulated she's mm-hmm. already been so taxed by the I, day i believe it up to that point that she's I just believe it. and sorry i i've so i think i told you this you're probably gonna think less than before but let's do it anyway oh we're uh, there <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you uh i would like to I'm just Except not inviting that you to my, my pool party. <laughs> you can't go to my pool party or my concert because you're just going to bitch about it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, shit. So I, I've developed this thing where, like, if I hear a kid screaming for a thing in, like, a store or whatever. Mm, being a brat, yeah. I remember, I, I, this might just be my mom being a champion or whatever, but I remember when I was a kid and I would act up and be like, I want to whatever. My mom, without saying a word, would you just pick me up and take me outside and beat I, your ass? Nope, no, no hitting. <laughs> I, I would just, I would have to stand there outside so we weren't bothering the people inside. Was she with you or did she go back inside? She was with me. Wow, that's... and she like I would scream and yell. And the thing for me, and I don't know if this just explains so much of me as an adult, is you at, as a kid. I kind of internalized that thing because after, like, three minutes of screaming and nothing happening, of just, like, silent, like... Right. You didn't get what you wanted. You're, you just start going, like, oh, no. Like, mm-hmm. adults are looking at mm-hmm. me. Yeah. This is not okay. Yeah. Like, and the, there, there was never a moment of, like, my mom... Like, the worst my mom would say is she'd say, less tombe, which means don't touch. Don't touch you? Nope, don't touch... Whatever the thing was. It's like, oh. like, if I, you know, I want candy or whatever, and I'm screaming about it in the store, and after she takes me outside, and we go back inside, and I go, like, oh, maybe I can sneak this into the cart, or whatever, you know, it'd just be like, less than be. And, oh. that, and that was enough where, like, it was just like, oh, no, I'll have to go back out. It's like being put in timeout. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the fact of, like, oh, you didn't give me the thing I want. You're like, 
Oh no, this sucks. Like I'm not gonna get it either way, and I'm just making an ass of myself. Right, like now I'm just staring at a wall. This is yeah. terrible. Also, I think, you know, with my now two years limited experience of being in, being in a faux dad role, I think there's also a kind of a message there that your mom was kind of on your side. You know what I mean? What there's, do you mean? Like that's not antagonism with the kid. Stop or I'll beat you. It's mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's like we're hey. I'm not going to tell you to stop. Yeah. You know, we're just going to stand here. We're going to, you know. Well, it, it was. she would always tell me inside, like, you need to stop. Well, I understand. But it was, but it was that thing of, like, if you don't stop, we're going out, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's kind of the thing as an adult now where if, like, and I try not to be this guy, but when I see parents just let their kids run all over them, there's part of me that wants to come up and just kind of hype the kid up more. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a <laughs> to, to just be like... What, what can she really do to you? Right. Think to, about it, man. Right. <laughs> she won't beat you in the story. <laughs> so, because I, I guess that's what I'm hoping for, is just that moment where the parents snaps and be like, oh, yeah, I should have been hitting you. Like, <laughs> my mom just had to give me a look. Like, she's five one, little petite thing, but she was a cop for my entire oh, life. Wow. And so I, I just, I respected her. She was mommy and dad. My dad died when I was young and just like, I didn't want to disappoint her or upset her like the fact that you know you scream and yell hell no I, I ne- it never got to that point for me because I knew I knew better yeah. and like and I was also raised by a village and I knew to respect adults and I was the one that was always asking can I help clean up the dishes or you know sure right. I love seconds of my vegetables or whatever you know I just was always the good kid and like so so it's hard for me like now as an adult and of course the times have changed but it's like when I was young you know it's like you listen to your babysitter your elders your teacher well, you know it's like I mean my mom was the same way too you know because like it, what, it, but there was also that kind of I guess it's because she had so much training like to be an ambassador's wife there was kind of this understanding of like these are the rules for children mm. like children respect their elders you say yes ma'am no sir Ma'am, may I help you? Ma'am, may I assist you? Yes, may I please have some more? And then it's like that rare moment where you do act out. It was like, okay, we're not going to beat you because we don't do that. Those aren't the rules for handling children. But we are going to internalize all of that shame. Yeah. You also were the towards the youngest of your, your siblings, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm the so, youngest out of eight. So. so that's the thing is I was always treated like an adult. Like I had a little brother who would sometimes throw fits and stuff, but I was the one that had to go handle him or, you know, mm. fix him because mom wasn't dealing with it. I had to go get him. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. and so, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about the difference. The other day I was in Walmart and this girl, um, probably eight, seven or eight, was like trying to grab a bunch of chips and like drops one of the bags of chips and she like kind of looks back like debating whether she was going to pick it up or not and and I looked like she was in a hurry her mom probably told her to pick out whatever and I said girl and she like looks back at me and I was like you're going to leave out there like kind of joking with her yeah. and like and I, it didn't even occur to me, like, maybe that's overstepping or with right, the mom. Right. And I said, don't worry, I got, you know, I helped her pick it up and I put it back. And, like, my friend was with me and was mortified. Like, like you said, it's yeah. like, you say anything, I'm going to crawl on the table. So <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. I'm like, was I out of place? Like, I thought I did it friendly and more. But to me, it's just like a village. It takes a village, you know? Like, right. we just. Well, I, like, whenever I hang out with my friend, e- well, this is long, long ago. But whenever I used to hang out with my friend Emre and his brother, there was always that thing of, like, We'd be hanging out, and his brother was much younger than us, and it was always that thing of, like, hey, man, don't be loud in the restaurant, because that looks really bad on your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm I, like I'm your f- brother's friend. Like, I'm not correcting your behavior. I'm just telling you what this looks like, dude. I think today, 
Kids these days. Kids these days. Um, I think Rafi, <laughs> you're not gonna do one. No, no, please, oh, please, I thought we were doing. I thought we were each taking turns. We, we can't. Yeah, please, 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 please. show. Kids these days. Um, I think I think a lot of the. I feel like there's a lot of philosophies that are good on paper, mm-hmm. but you kind of have to take into account that there are legitimate lobes that don't grow until you're 14. Yeah. And then there are other legitimate lobes that don't finish growing until you're about 25. You know, and sometimes it's not about I want to teach them to be free. Sometimes it's about just going, you are not going to do that again. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I remember one time, because... My fiance, who is the best person ever, she can <laughs> she can be a little loosey goosey with them. And one thing that I've hopefully helped in is that I she she would never reset the room. Meaning, like she's trying to a kid grabs one of the pieces of fruit while she's doing the thing, and she just goes, "Don't, don't grab the fruit. I'm trying to do the thing." And another kid grabs the fruit. And it's by the time another kid grabs the fruit, then she explodes on all three of them. Mm -hmm. You know? And one of the things I told her was like, well, when I was a teacher and that would happen, because I had 20 kids, you know, sit down, raise your hand, sit. And then by the third one, I would just stand up and go, all right, guys, the next person that walks up to my desk is getting detention. You guys know how this works. And then I sit back and Mm -hmm. nobody would do it again. You know? And it was just that. So... One day, two of her girls are at my place. They've been bickering at each other all weekend. And it's like breakfast, and they're still going at it. And at one point, I just sat down, and I looked at them. And we're talking like five and four. Mm -hmm. And I just go, all right, girls, you're just not going to bicker at each other anymore. And you're not going to whine anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're we're just not going to do it. Okay. I love that. I love that. <laughs> What's funny though? And it, it fucking worked. It absolutely They does. both went, okay. <laughs> I actually had a heart to heart with a, a close friend last night and it's it's like it's not even chill. it's like adults. Like we need to hear that right. stuff too. And he was just in such a funk, super just depressed and like in this space and there's a story about my friend Kelly she lost rent money. Something happened. She was just distraught, just like losing her shit, anxiety, crying. And like, and this is when we were in college. I was like, so you're going to sit there and cry about it all day? Or (laughs) you're going to let me loan you the money and you'll just pay me back and you'll pay your fucking rent and we'll get over it. And so that's been like kind of the thing that we've built on our relationship. Anytime I'm going through something, she goes, you sit there and cry about it all day or are we going to keep it moving? You know, like that's what we do. So when he was in the state last night, I was like, all right, so you're depressed, thinking about killing yourself, you know, whatever. It's like, that's not an option. We're not doing that. We're right. not killing ourselves. So it's cute to think about. We're not going to live there. You know, I just, I had oh, to be. such a right, fun right. Right. I had to be like, the logic. Because when your emotion takes over, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you are, you're just reacting off of something and you kind of need that extra force to just come in and be like, let me, like you said, reset the room. Like, well, that's not going to, we're not doing that anymore. Right. So <laughs> that's one of the, part of the reason why our friendship has always worked so well is because as neurotic as fucking I am, but as classic as he is, it's always been nice to be like, oh, I'm going through this thing. It's like, well, we're not. We're, we're, we're not anymore. That's that's the end of this thing that you're cool doing. Sorry, but like, yeah. yeah. Now let's go different... back to talking about dicks. Like that. Right. <laughs> what are we here for? <laughs> if not to talk dicks. No, we acknowledge it, but not like again, live in that space right. or whatever. And how many times have you heard me go in the back of a room and yell at a bunch of comics and I'm like, you better shut up? And like, I, I it was, I think it was, it was this. 
Sophia. It was one of the girls. I'm trying to remember who it was. And they're like, but I wasn't even talking. They sounded yeah. like little kids. And I said, I'm like the mom with the minivan. I don't care who the hell's talking to me. It's loud in the back. Like, <laughs> so what? Like when I one of the classes I loved when I was getting my degree was child psychology. And one of the things I talk about is like the three most typical styles of parenting are uh, permissive, uh, expletive. And uh, explore uh, explanative. Okay. Because the idea of like there are some parents that just let whatever happen happen. Right. It's like, hey man, he's my cool little dude. Yeah. We're right? best friends. Like, yeah. 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 And it's like, no, you're the adult. Right. right. And then, too. But then there are also parents that are like, what I fucking say? Don't right. make me hit you. Right. What I fu-? And it's like that. That's not good parenting either. Right. The explanative version of parenting is. Don't do that thing because blank, blank, and blank. I had this. I should not talk about the context. I had. <laughs> I had a, do. I had a conversation <laughs> regarding authority the other day, and uh, I was talking, and it was not in a. Whatever. I had a conversation regarding authority. He was fucking something. <laughs> no, no, no. And. Uh, <laughs> It was a kind of a fundamental way that I look at the world, and this person tends not to look at the world the same way. This really sounds like it's a BDSM. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was going to be like, and so I told her to put on the harness, and <laughs> she just wasn't listening. I feel like you're the only one that thinks it sounds like that. <laughs> really? Like, anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm not confirming or denying. <laughs> Notice that? Um... Anyway, one of the things I said, and this is a, a disagreement this person and I have had before, where I, I just think there are times when your boss has to be your boss. Mm-hmm. There are times when you have to tell somebody, don't do that anymore, yeah. or you are fired. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to ever be, I never want my sergeant to go, all right, guys, let's huddle up. How do you guys feel right. about shooting at the bad guy today? Right. You know, I want my sergeant to be Captain America. Right. You, go over there. You, take out the sniper. You, you know, mm-hmm. and at some point, you got to tell your kid, go to bed. Mm-hmm. It's time to go to bed. I don't care right. anymore about why you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Do it. Oh, but I want a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not getting a yeah, glass you're of water. You're not getting it. Go to bed, you know. And I think that is such a, like, a tip of the iceberg on all of your other relationships, or the things that you've built, not your other relationships, the other um, elements of that relationship, right? So if your kid respects you, you know, it's like, all you got to do is give him a look in the grocery, given there's not cognitive imperities or, you know, something right, right. more more than, like, you know... I think that well, if there's a respect for your parent or an appreciation or just, you know, like, I don't want my mom to be upset. Like, okay, yeah. you know? Well, like, again, it's that, for me, it was that whole, like, you kind of internalize it. You're like, I've been making a fuss, and mm-hmm. now I'm just embarrassing myself and my mom, and I love and my mom. That, and right, like, right. I don't want to be this kid. Well, like, also, I think you're, you're also, it's, as a teacher, the one thing, no matter how much a principal hated me, the one thing I always got a pat on the back for was my discipline in my classroom. Always. Every year. You know, even Also on. BDSM related? Is, yeah. that, is that make you think of BDSM? <laughs> I mean, uh, you brought it up, so... <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, you know, it's, it's the thing of, like, the teacher who yells all the time, the kids don't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know? do. You just and drown it out. So, 
early on, I was the teacher who yelled all the time and the kids never heard it, Mm -hmm. you know, and eventually you learn how to like, I started to learn how to, if I got quieter. I love that tactic. Like, (laughs) I told you Mm -hmm. to sit down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, oh fuck. My favorite's (laughs) in a loud room to whisper. Mm -hmm. I do that in the mics when people are being too loud in the back and it's like somehow I don't know what it is you can hear the whisper above the yelling like it's like a different well it's because you you focus your attention in Mm -hmm. because this is something that's out of place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you you go everyone's talking loudly and then there's this weirdo over here who's whispering to us let's turn our focus like great manipulation technique that I've been learning, but it's, um, it involves, it's usually me crouching down next to someone and my hands either on their leg or their arm, just like a, I'm friendly. I'm here, especially if we're having a disagreement. I've lowered myself now. Mm. So they have to look down at me, but I've, I've got the upper hand this whole fucking time because I'm the one approaching <laughs> right. them, but I want to, I don't want to come at them or lean over their desk or whatever. It's like, Hey, and it's again, it's a whisper. It's yeah. a very, just like, Bah, bah, bah. I had to, I've done this like the, my friend was playing a music show and this guy was being loud and crazy in the back and the first instinct to turn around and shut up dickhead but again you're just going to incite more of that behavior right. I went over and actually explained I said guys up there singing a song about his mom who died of cancer like this is kind of hard for him like can we be a little respect and he's like oh I'm sorry is that really that loud mm-hmm. it registered differently than right. the people who were that, you know, that that's one of the things you learn when you do security is like so much of it is like this is not an this is not a conversation right I'm not yelling at you. I'm not reaching whatever emotional level you're right, at. Right. You're crying. You're screaming. You've wet Jesus. yourself. You know, I am just talking to you mm-hmm. as an adult mm-hmm. and telling you, you can't do that in our space. Right. So you need to leave. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. My, my favorite is there, there's, especially from guys, is there's always somebody who, like, you get soft like that and they go like oh you think you're real tough (laughs) (laughs) you think you're such a and it's just like the way you've got your hands in your pockets (laughs) what do you think you're You're gonna fight me oh you're gonna come at me like that and you're like um (laughs) I had to call the cops on a friend recently at first I thought it was her boyfriend got in a fight I thought it was on the boyfriend it was it was her and I just saw this completely different side of this person yada yada I'm not getting details on who it was but um so I I always laugh when I hear about men being abused. I don't know why. It's horrible. Right, it's, right, I was but... emotionally abused in a relationship for a good eight years. But when I hear, like, you know his girlfriend used to pistol whip him? I just hit the floor. It's the funniest thing I've ever <laughs> heard is, about. This was some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. But, I like, it was funny. Like, a million cops showed up to the scene and, like, there was one who was like yelling back at her who's yelling and it's like and then there's the ones like you said outside with their hands in their pockets like and and they were smashing and just right. stuff getting broken in the house it was like a crazy thing and and he's just like well it's her house she can kind of break it you know it's yeah, like yeah. but then when when that line got crossed then they had to step in and do something you know it's like and so it's it's just funny it's like how people approach things and i i remember hearing the cop yelling at her and i'm like you're just like because, like we said, back to the kid throwing a tantrum in the store, if it's a grown adult or whatever, it's like, you're just going to piss the kid off more right. by, like, antagonizing it, you know? Right. It's like, why, like... Well, it's, it's like you were saying, it's that whole thing of sometimes you've just checked out of the situation. Yeah. You're just like, I'm done with this right now. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Just, just do a thing, whatever. Well, sometimes you also have to, like, now that I'm around these girls all the time, I, you know, there are, there have been times where I just... There's nothing overtly that I need to be wagging my finger about. 
I just gotta get the fuck out of the room. Mm-hmm. I'm right. just going to go stand outside. And that's your own personal space. You just gotta create space <laughs> yeah. for yourself. Yeah. You know, that four year old is hitting decibels. There are things melting in my <laughs> brain. I'm just, I'm just need to go stand outside for a minute. <laughs> that was me at Five Below. And then same thing with that situation. I, I tried to pivot. I tried to talk sense into people. It just like wasn't happening. So that's when I, I went and called. And I'm like, you know, the, like this is beyond my control at this point. You know, it's like I did what I could do. Yeah. And it's like, I. I don't know, and I felt guilty about it, but I'm like, you know, sometimes we have our own space, our own boundaries of what we can handle or what we can do. And Well, I mean, kind of like you were saying before, though, sometimes with people, it's just that whole thing of, like, we don't do that to adults enough where we go, like, I need to explain to you how things work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I had that moment last night, yeah. actually, at the show with management, and... Right. It's, it's funny to circle this back around to booking and stuff, but I'm kind of in that space with that where I, I literally said to one of them, I said, I feel like this venue and this situation has been like getting punched in the face by an abusive boyfriend every day. And then the next day you're telling me you love me and we'll work it out. And it's like, you know, when is it on you to separate yourself, to call the cops, to go outside, to do whatever right, it is that you right, need to right, do right. to like stop from losing your shit? Like, so. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, for me, I guess it's weird for me because like, uh. My profession has been for not just the mercenary stuff, but my profession as a whole has just been explaining to adults like what is acceptable behavior in like one respect or another. To be like society, welcome to civilization. This is how we do things. Right? Like Like, I, I, I remember this was like (laughs) I know you were just recently thawed out. Right. So let me just help from you. the cave. <laughs> I remember there was one time when I was working for TSA where I had to explain to a grown man. I was like, "You can't pee in a water fountain. Like, you can't, you, you, I mean, you physically can because you did, but you <laughs> can't because I saw it. I saw it. Right. But like, you can't pee in a water fountain because other people drink out of there. Like, <laughs> and germs. Germs right? are fun. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to call the police <laughs> and they are going to take you to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sing song. <laughs> and this is how we do it. Right. I, and then what's hard is, you, again, you sprinkle in what what is within my realm of, of do I correct the girl in the store? Is this person mentally, you know, whatever are they in a psychotic rage and anything that i say you know it's just there's so many factors of like and then of course you're trying to handle your own emotions like you're saying in the situation of like how do i stay calm and like you know well like like i was saying before i'm trying i'm fighting against it but there's there's been a real portion of me lately that sees the kid going like i want ice cream like to just sway wide and be like, yeah, why can't we have ice cream? <laughs> just like, what if you mock the kid? Just lay on the floor next to him, like kick your feet. Right. There, like I want ice cream. Like what's up with help. this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I trust me. You I know tried mocking the shoulder. I feel yeah. like no. I'm I don't mean. I don't mean. I mean like acting like legitimately like I'm on the kid's side <laughs> yeah. and turn it on the parents. Be like, yeah, why you bitch, why we buy some ice cream? Right. Just to be like, and then leave and never look back. This is, <laughs> this is like the premise of a movie. Where, like, you have a silly makeup on your face, <laughs> and, like, you come out of the shelves. <laughs> like, like but the only shelf... the kid can see you. The mom yeah, can't exactly. Yeah. Like, the shelf is really thin, but somehow the half of a body of a grown man is coming out just one side of it. <laughs> hey, it's you like, should get some ice like cream. The, the angel-devil situation, <laughs> yeah. but just devil, just yeah. for feek, and just coming out of <laughs> the candy aisle, like... Ooh, the candy man. This could be a creepy little... Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, re- it's a real horror candy. film. Oh, wow. But it's like a horror film for the parents. Like, not... Yeah, yeah, the parents. <laughs> like, the kids are fine the whole time, but it's just always like, yeah, 
Aren't you glad you didn't get that abortion after all? <laughs> this is going to be your longest podcast ever. On oh, no, we did one with Bailey. Or yes. we did one with Bruce where we had to cut into three episodes. Oh. And we did one with uh, Bailey that we cut into two. Okay, we might cut that one into two. Well, yeah. yeah, we're at an hour and a half. It's probably time to do our... Let's bitch about kids. Let's bitch about <laughs> kids. Kids, adults, shows, Fucking... venues, everything. So wait, are you telling me that when comedians get together, they find things to bitch about? I don't know. Weird. <laughs> I didn't... Weird. It's almost like the central premise of this show <laughs> is just I'm... that comedians can talk about whatever for however That's... long. So how about this? <laughs> how about this? Well, that was a great way to end it. All right. Well done, Shannon. Thank you. Uh, I am Alan Dempsey. And I am Rafiq Shaheen. You I'm can sh- check us out at... <laughs> not yet, not he yet. Jumped me, he jumped the gun. <laughs> yeah. he, that was all him. You can check us out on Podbean and soon to be Google and iTunes. Maybe. If somebody can get around to it. <laughs> and shit and on my brain. with us is Shannon... That's me. That's me. Like to plug. You can you just follow me on the on the socials. Shannon Kelly Comedy on Instagram. Shannon Kelly Hawk on Twitter, and just Shannon Kelly on Facebook. Follow those things. Right. I do shows. That's I. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Did we Sometimes. touch on that? <laughs> we, we I yell at kids at Walmart. We talked. Yeah. I, uh, that's yeah. What, that's what, all what, I do. What yeah. we learned about Shannon? Like she had not really great at five below. They got a dog adopted. Yeah, that was yeah. a really sweet thing. Yeah. Uh, yells at kids. Like, uh, this is, I like it all. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, guys. That's Thank nice. you very much for being here. So, what the? So, kids these days. <laughs> <laughs>